Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 043. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. On this week's episode, we know that some conversations in life are important. But did you know you could change a life, maybe even the world, using nothing but your words? Proverbs 18 reminds us that our words have the power of life and death. This week, we'll look at a few of the ways to make sure our words fall on the right side of that equation. Check it out. Some conversations you know are important. Choosing when and who to marry, that's a pretty important conversation. Getting or maybe even leaving a job, having the talk with your kids, however you may decide to define that. And some of them, good as they may be to be, necessary as they may be to to have, can be difficult. Maybe there's a bit of it that's embarrassing to talk about. Maybe there is, maybe the conversation is is laced with anger or with conflict. And these are things that can maybe get us to to take that moment of pause or to stop or hold back. To say, I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to have this kind of conversation. But what if there was a reason, a purpose for fighting through some of that difficulty, through some of that struggle, through some of that not-funness that certain conversations can have, that could have a life-changing purpose, that could have maybe even world-changing purpose to them. If you had would it be a little easier to step out and say, I'm willing to, to speak life, even if it's hard, to somebody? How can that work? The one simple truth, that God can speak through you. Let's pray together. God, send your spirit upon us in a, in a way that, that just transforms us. That we can't leave here the same people we, we came in as. Because of what your word does through the power of your spirit. Get to work, we pray. Amen. Well, this week, it's good to get to be back with you guys again. And we dive back in to our series, Whisper. Hearing the voice of God. So the fact is, as kind of a, a recap of where we've been, in, and we've got two more weeks of this one. Some situations in life, some scenarios in life, don't have a simple book, chapter, verse that gives us the answer we're looking for. The solution that we're trying to find. And the good thing is, value, um, this book certainly stands above everything, as it's the clearest communication that God has with us. But God has many tools in his toolbox to lead us. And sometimes, uh, of all the things we've talked about, and some that we're even yet to talk about, it can be simply conversation. Simply, God can use the people around us to lead us. And God can use us to help lead the people that are around us. As we'll see in the the passage that we we have today. I don't don't want you to to freak out, because while I say... God can use us to lead other people, especially through conversation. I know I can give Bev a heart attack with this one simple motion. Probably many of you as well, that you'd rather jump out of an airplane without a parachute than to have one of these in front of a crowd. The good thing is, God using you to lead other people, to to be a voice, does not require being Billy Graham. Does not require giving a Thus saith the Lord, 
in front of a full Blue Cross arena. It doesn't even require having one of these in front of a crowd like this. It doesn't require eating locusts or wearing sackcloth like some of the prophets did back of old. Sometimes it's just our words. And as you'll see in the story, it's one man talking to another man with nothing but words. And life is changed because of it. Check that story out. Out of 2 Samuel uh, chapter 12. Nathan came to David and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had, no, had nothing but one ewe lamb, which he had bought. He brought it up, and, grew it, and it grew up with him and with his children. He used it to eat of his meager fare, and drink from his cup, and lie in his bosom. And it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and it was loath to take one of his flock or herd to prepare the wayfarer who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb, and prepared it for that guest who had come to him. And then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. He shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to King David, You are the man. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, allow me to put a bit of context to this story. David has become king of Israel, and as king, he, similar to the message I had given with the kids, basically has access to everything and anyone. And as he sent his army off to war, he was attracted to one of his commander's wives, Bathsheba. Ended up sleeping with her, having a child, having, his name is eluding me at the moment, his, ended up having her husband killed over it. And now Nathan, the prophet, his friend, is calling him out on it. One person, talking to one person, nothing but words. Simple conversation. And a life is changed. Because this ends up leading to David repenting, writing Psalm 51, which inspired our, our, call to, our prayer of confession today. So the fact is, it doesn't, like I said, you don't have to be Billy Graham. You don't have to be speaking to the Blue Cross Arena to be able to change lives with your words, with, as a person. All it takes is being a genuine person, maybe having somebody that you care about, and God can do the rest. Because that's what goes on in this conversation. It's one person, genuine human being, Nathan, having a conversation with somebody he cares about, his friend, David, and his life has changed. See, I want to say this at the outside. And those may step a, a bit outside of the passage, It gives us proof that God can use anybody. There is no anybody that is so small, so insignificant, that God can't use them to transform somebody's life. Maybe even to transform the world. I'm guessing Nathan was not the kind of guy that had the paparazzi going after him. I mean, he was a prophet, yes, but he's also talking to a king here. I'll give you a historical example for some of you historians that I know exist in this room, just to prove my point. How many people, and I'm asking this as a real question, how many people do you think it took to put the Apollo 11 mission on the moon in 1969? Take a guess at it. You want to take a crack? 11,000? Okay. Any other numbers? (laughs) 11,001. 
cost of the item is... <laughs> Add another digit onto that. Estimates of 400,000 people to put a mission on the moon. Every, of every different part of the ecosystem of NASA, and really of the ecosystem of uh, life, from people who were head of mission control, people who had the spotlight, people who had, were math geniuses, people who had just sat and memorized emergency codes, all the way down to a seamstress or two, who were probably holding their breath as Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin are bouncing around on the moon, praying their handiwork holds up. Because if one of those seams rips in a vacuum of space, bad things happen. Nathan might have been on par as far as his spotlight with those seamstresses, with those hidden figure math geniuses. But God still uses him. And countless others in ways that change lives and can change history, can change the world. I'm guessing Nathan wasn't a firecracker, but he got used. On the flip side of this, I'm saying God can use anybody, but on the other side of the conversation, because there are two sides to these kind of conversations. My first point, don't be an island. This is on the, kind of the receiving end of these conversations, that somebody can speak life to you. Now, take a guess, and, and maybe I'll ask this again for real. C.S. Lewis, a couple of you guys have probably heard of him, considered probably one of the most influential theologians of the 20th century. Why do you think he went to church? Anybody have an idea? He was, a, he was an atheist that ended up trying to prove Christianity wrong. Not quite where I was headed, but... Did, let me just say this. Did he do it because he loved the music? No. no. C.S. Lewis says in God on the Dock, he thought church music of that era was fifth-rate poetry to sixth-rate music. Yeah. Talk about hard words for musicians. Did he do it because he liked the sermons? Nope. Did he do it because he liked the people? Nope. Kind of catching the theme there. He did it, he writes, in that same book that I just mentioned, because he knows, knew, if he didn't, he would try to do life on his own. Try to have this isolation syndrome. Living life as an island. Trying to get through life on his own. And he knew God hadn't designed us to do that. God hadn't designed us to get through life alone, but to get through it in community. Mark Batterson, in the, the book that kind of is influencing this series, in the book Whisper, he says, it's kind of like, life is like this human pinball game, where we bounce off of one interaction and experience somebody's gifts on another side, on another bounce, and then we get knocked into somebody else's ideas. And God uses these interactions, these interpersonal bounces, pinball actions to get us to where he wants us to go. So how do we do that? Well, God can use people, but in our imperfection, in our work in progressness, sometimes we'll trip over our own feet, even trying to be used by God. So I'll give you a couple of ideas. And some of these come out of the wording of Mark's book. Some of them are, are my ideas, but we see these in the conversation that's going on between Nathan and King David. 
and how it takes place from both perspectives, from both sides of the conversation. So a first reminder that I'll give you. Consider the source. This comes in especially as we're talking about tough conversations, maybe hard conversations similar to what Nathan and David are having here. Now, truth is, yes, God can work through strangers in our lives. A couple weeks ago, I told you of the story of me and my friend who were hiking, and a stranger ends up approaching us out of the blue, literally, with the gospel message. Now, God used Steve, in my life at least, through that interaction, even though he was a stranger at the time. But more often than not, the fact is, God's going to use those who are around us, our friends, to help influence us, to help lead us. Nathan wasn't this megaphone on a street corner prophet kind of guy. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's a good thing for him. But I'm guessing he had some serious weight. He had earned the right to speak into David's life because he was a friend. He had earned that right. And there's that one other thing that kind of can help us out. That, that I like and I didn't quite know where to fit it, so I'm going to fit it in here. There are some times when we are praying for somebody. And there are some times when we pray to have something to say to somebody. How do we help this person out? What Give me the words, God, to share with them to, that they need to hear. And sometimes it helps if we can get the sense, okay, I'm supposed to say this. Say, all right, because we're starting the conversation. If one is, this is totally from Brian, and ten, this is totally from God, what I'm about to tell you is a four. It's not the perfect scale or anything like that. But at least that attitude of recognizing that we don't always have the perfect, thus saith the Lord, to speak into somebody's life. And sometimes we are speaking for, from our own mind, from our own gut. And that's okay. But sometimes just acknowledging that can help go a long way as far as earning us a place to be able to speak into somebody's life. Another one, kind of the flip side of that. Let's consider the listener. Maybe we do have something, we kind of get the sense, hey, I'm supposed to say this to somebody. But the fact is, if they're not ready to hear it yet, it can, it's, ends up not being worth it to throw it out there and then let somebody else pick up the pieces. So consider, are they, are they ready? And this takes a, a lot of discernment and a lot of that Holy Spirit to, to help lead us in this. And I'm guessing, you know, Nathan, from what little I could pick up of him, wasn't one who was like, you know what, this whole thing about I'm going to confront the king didn't just pop in his head and he just spit it out. I'm sure there was some measure to it. They considered, is David ready to his, and how is David going to be best to be able to hear this? Especially when we're having those tough conversations. Pass what we're hearing through the, or even what we're saying through the filter of Scripture. This is kind of a theme that's going through everything that we're talking about over this series. Everything... All the places that we can be led by God. Because again, this is the clearest way that God communicates. Because it is simply words in human language. Much easier to understand. So take whatever you want to say or whatever you hear and pass it through this filter. If you're having a tough conversation, is it a biblical concern that you're bringing up? Or is it a personal annoyance? Again, where does it fit on that this is a one from Brian, you know, this is totally just me, or this is totally God, straight out of the Bible. And where does it fit on that? To be more specific, whatever it is you have to say from one end of the conversation, does it fit into the passage 
of our memory verse for this week. If you pass it just through this one verse, so much will be cleared up. Check it out. Out of Ephesians 4, 29. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. The NIV will put it, that it may benefit those who listen. If you've got something to say, pass it just through that one verse, and there will be so much that you wish you had had edited out that will get edited out, and you'll know, okay, this is meant for building somebody up. Because even the tough word that Nathan has for David is meant to build him up, meant to make him better, not to bash him down. Even tough words, even out of Scripture, are redemptive. They pass, they pass this filter. And the tough word that, David, that Nathan has for David, tough as it is to give, was good for him. Unfortunately, David had the spirit, had the wherewithal to listen and to pay attention. Last reminder that I want to give you guys. And this kind of, you know, weigh this through the idea of consider the listener. Don't just jump into it just because time is of the essence. But tough conversations only get tougher with time. Again, pass this through the idea. Don't just jump in because you've got something to say and maybe it's hard. And, you know, wait for time when the the listener is ready. But imagine this. If you have a, a... conflict, uh, conversation that's got conflict kind of laced throughout it. And it builds off this misunderstanding. And you decide, all right, I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to have this conversation with whoever it is. And in one conversation, the misunderstanding is resolved in 24 hours. Tough conversation can take some guts to do it, but it's dealt with. Or, that's scenario one. Scenario two, this is a tough conversation. I don't want to have it, so I'm not going to have it. And that misunderstanding now, instead of being resolved in 24 hours, drives a wedge into your relationship that lasts for 24 years or more. Which scenario would you rather have? Resolved in 24 hours? Lifetime of animosity. And maybe even some of you know from experience that I am not being melodramatic with those numbers. So if there is that tough conversation that's looming, maybe that, that word of encouragement, or maybe even that word that's tough to give or tough to hear, maybe it's time to think about whether it's right to give it, whether it's the time to give it, to share it. Maybe that's the better word to use. Maybe it'll take 48 hours to resolve if it's a, you know, a conflict situation. Maybe it'll even take 48 conversations but sometimes we've got to start it off with the first one. And it's, again, it's tough. It takes guts to, to, have that conver- to start that conversation, to be willing to let somebody speak into our lives. That takes bravery as well. But God demonstrates how it's done. Because I'm sure it was a tough move to send Jesus to the cross so that our relationship could be restored with him. But God valued the relationship enough to do it, to make that hard move. And now we get to have a relationship with our Lord and Savior. If you value the relationship of whoever it is that's around you, again, God, work, God most often works with our friends, with those that are around us. If you value that relationship, God can use you 
to make that same kind of difference in their life, to speak life to them. Let's pray together. God, give us bravery to be led by you. You, you sometimes lead us into some scary places, some scary conversations, some scary interactions. Help us to, to be led by you, to be able to build others up, even if just with our words. Help us to do it well. Help us to bring glory to you through that, we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Woodland Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like some more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org or visit our Facebook page at Woodlane Newark. If you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m. See you next week in the Woodlane Worship Podcast.